0: to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health. Today our topic is hyperbaric oxygen therapy or HBOT and our guest is Shannon Kennetts, Executive Director of the International Hyperbarics Association and she also knows firsthand the struggles of having a child with a rare disability and the benefits of HBOT. You know, most of us think that hyperbaric oxygen chambers were just created to treat skin divers suffering from the bends, but the technology really dates back hundreds of years, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. And in this country, we've actually been using hyperbaric oxygen therapy for over a decade for various neurological diseases that have been treated and shown great benefit with the use of hyperbaric therapy.
0: What exactly is hyperbaric oxygen therapy?
1: Hyperbaric therapy is when you go into a pressurized condition. So a typical hyperbaric treatment in layman terms would be you would go into a center, go into a chamber where you are under pressure and oxygen is forced into your cells on a cellular level. So it's not just a mixture of the oxygen, but the other important ingredient is the pressure itself. And the only way that you can get oxygen to the cells on a cellular level is by going into a hyperbaric chamber. My daughter has a mitochondrial disorder where she lacks the energy-producing cells or children that have cerebral palsy or autism or stroke patients. We know that there's a large portion of the brain that they call the recoverable brain, where the cells have not died. They just haven't received enough oxygen to do what they're supposed to do. So by going into a hyperbaric chamber and forcing the oxygen into the cells at the cellular level, it gets into your blood, your blood plasma, other bodily fluids, and it crosses the blood-brain barrier, which is what we're trying to do. And the oxygen gets into those cells and it starts to repair them and give them the juice, basically, that they need to continue to do what they were supposed to do before whatever injury happened to occur to them to remain dormant. So that's basically layman's terms, and we go in there, we repair that, and they start to pick up and do what they're supposed to do, and people start to see various benefits from
0: the treatment. How much pressure is required to get the oxygen diluted in our blood?
1: That has varies depending on the different indications. There have been some great studies that were just done that show that even just a littlest amount, like 1.3, a lot of children that are even treated with seizure disorders are at a 1.1. So you don't need a whole lot of pressure. You just need some pressure in order for the oxygen to go into the cells on a cellular level. Some indications, such as Lyme disease, where there's doctors in this country treating in pressures of 1.3 all the way up to 2.0, but... For the most part, for neurological conditions, the physicians are staying right around 1.1, 1.3 to 1.5, so very minimal pressure in order to get the oxygen into the cells on a cellular level.
0: Can regular air be used, or is pure oxygen much better?
1: That has been a debate as well. There studies have been done where they've done just the pressure and ambient air, and they've shown improvements in different areas. And then they've done studies where they've done, like, the lower pressures with like the oxygen concentrator where it maybe only gives you 27% more oxygen, and they've seen great benefits, especially with children with autism. So it's one of those new areas where now we know that hyperbarics is helping with all these various indications, and now we're trying to learn what pressure and what amount of oxygen is actually needed to fit each one of those different indications. But so far, what's been nice is that the early research is showing that you don't need a whole lot, just A little bit of pressure and even ambient air is improving the life of children living with cerebral palsy. And the reason why that really helps the general public is that there are chambers that are FDA-approved for the home use, but those chambers you can only use with an oxygen concentrator or with ambient air. And so it allows families to do this therapy in their home and do it in a safe manner. And so they started to do more studies on that to make sure that, that was enough pressure and enough oxygen. So that's the direction that it's going with lower pressures, lower oxygen.
0: Are there different kinds of HBOT chambers?
1: There are. There are... Various different types you have what you what we consider to be like the home chamber what they in layman's term is people hear about mild hyperbarics. A lot of times you may hear on the news the NFL players that have these chambers and so forth. they have what we consider mild hyperbaric chambers. They're chambers that are approved for the home and they go to a one point three pressure only and then you have chambers that are in centers that are those same chambers, but you also have chambers that are what they consider to be monoplace chambers where They're pressurized with 100% oxygen, and they can go all the way up to 2.4 pressures. Then you have multi-place chambers, where there are some places that have multi-place that can seat six people all the way up to 24 people. And then, of course, you have like the veterinarian chambers where actually you can put like thoroughbreds into them. They're walk-ins for veterinarians and so forth. So, yes, there's a wide variety of different types of chambers. For alternative slash neurological conditions, you usually will find the chambers where they're the mild side chambers where you're doing the lower pressures or you're going into a steel chamber but still staying at that 1.3 to 1.5 pressure.
0: In doing the research for my book, I noticed that the patients were wearing a helmet while they were doing HBOT. What's that for?
1: That would be for what you can, like, um, multi-place chambers, some of those, or as well as some of the chambers my own daughter went to, where the chamber is actually pressurized with ambient air, and the oxygen is added through the hood system. And what that allows to happen is that it's more of a safety issue because you're not pressurizing the chamber with 100% oxygen. Because when you go into chambers where you're pressurizing it with 100% oxygen, of course, you need to be a lot more careful. You need to wear... 100% 100% cotton, you need to make sure that you don't have anything in your pockets that could have any type of ignition to a spark. You need to, you know, a lot of places won't want you to wear lotion or jewelry. When you see the helmets being used, a lot of times those are the chambers that are pressurized with ambient air, oxygen is added through the hood system, and the person wearing the hood is the one getting the treatment. However, what we have found that when the parents are going into those types of chambers, and that's like the chamber that I go into with my daughter, is that even though I'm not wearing the hood and getting 100% oxygen, I am still getting increased oxygen because I am going under pressure. And so I find that I feel much better. My energy level goes up. My migraines are completely gone. And I used to actually be on medication for my migraines. And so the caretaker that goes into those chambers actually is getting a benefit even though they're not wearing the hood to get the 100% oxygen.
0: I assume that there's an intercom or something in these chambers as a way to communicate to the outside world?
1: Absolutely, there's intercoms, there's walkie-talkies, there's televisions on the outside. The technicians always have a way of communicating with the people that are inside the chamber.
0: How long does a typical HBOT session last?
1: A typical session is one hour, and now it varies depending on centers throughout the country. A lot of centers will start your hour from the time you get into the chamber to the time you get out, Some chamber centers will start it right when you get to pressure. And it varies depending on your ears, how long it takes you to get to pressure, because going into a hyperbaric chamber feels like what it feels like when you're on an airplane. So you need to be able to clear your ears. Once you're at pressure, it's just like being on an airplane. Your ears are cleared, you're done, and you don't feel anything differently. And then when you come down, your ears automatically pop. So the time that it takes to get to pressure just varies anywhere between three to seven minutes. It depends on what pressure you're at. Obviously, you're, if you're at a 2.0 pressure, it's going to take you longer to get there than it would if you were at a 1.1 or
0: 1.3. Shannon, can you give me an example of a common health problem and how many treatments with HBOT would normally take?
1: I will start with autism because that seems to be the big buzz right now with hyperbarics because there was a study that was just done by Dr. Dan Rosignol, which was a double-blind placebo-controlled study, a, a study that was to the gold standards of mainstream medicine, and they found that 40 to 60 hyperbaric treatments for children with autism, you saw significant improvement. So typically with neurology across the board, whether it's autism, a stroke patient, an MS patient, chronic fatigue, cerebral palsy, you usually start with 40 hyperbaric treatments. That's the standard protocol for neurology.
0: I've heard that HBOT is also beneficial for diabetics. Is that true?
1: That is, and what's really wonderful about that is that now a lot of different indications with diabetes are actually being covered by insurance, and they've had a lot less amputees, especially with, like, the diabetic wounds and foot and ulcers and so forth. And so you're actually seeing that people are actually getting to save different limbs because of the problems that they have with diabetes. They're getting more aware of hyperbarics, and they're placing these patients into chambers, and it's actually saving them the tragedy of having to lose a limb.
0: HBOT is beneficial for drowning victims, car crash victims, other kinds of acute problems. What kind of other general health problems is HBOT especially good for?
1: Health problems, I would say anything with inflammation. We know that hyperbaric oxygen therapy decreases inflammation, and so if you have any type of disease, disorder, any type of condition that is caused because of inflammation... A lot of people have GI issues. They have Crohn's. They have digestive problems. Hyperbarics has been a huge help with those areas. Migraines, migraines with the inflammation in the brain. So we see across the board that inflammation is one of those things that if you have any type of inflammation and in any part of your body, hyperbarics is a treatment that you should try because it truly decreases the inflammation and it does it in a non-invasive way. So you're seeing a lot more patients across the board that have different indications where one of the main characteristics was inflammation and going into a chamber. It diminishes that, and the patients start to feel better.
0: In addition to helping with anything involving inflammation, what are some of the other health benefits of HBOT?
1: Well, in this country, anti-aging is huge, and in other countries with hyperbarics, like in Japan. Hyperbarics is almost like on every street corner. I went to Japan, and I was asked to come there and speak on hyperbarics, and it was amazing that the general population that gets into hyperbaric treatments, they do it just for general health and fitness and their energy and just feeling better, so people that just are general health and fitness, they feel so much better when they go into the chambers. And anti-aging, another thing, because hyperbarics helps with the growth of mitochondria. So it's, mitochondrial is the key to anti-aging. So you see a lot of anti-aging centers using hyperbaric therapy. So you have a lot of celebrities that use hyperbarics for when they're on the road and they're, they're musicians and they're giving all these concerts, you know, day after day after day. And it helps them, you know, not just re juvenate but it also helps them maintain not getting sick
0: listeners if you're enjoying this podcast then you'll love my new book the second edition of how to unbreak your health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies it features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories and you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. I read someplace that our returning soldiers are now beginning to be treated with HBOT also. Is that true?
1: That is true. And that is a wonderful thing that they are doing. They are doing a couple of different studies right now with traumatic brain injury with soldiers that are coming back from the war. There's actually a couple organizations that are trying to work with putting chambers at war and keeping them in there so that on a daily basis even though you may not have a traumatic brain injury but you are inhaling the chemicals from the gunfire and from the chemical exposures in other countries that it'd be nice to have that there. And so you see a lot more push for that going on right now because the chambers are so portable. The mild hyperbaric chambers I talked about earlier, they can actually be packed up into a duffel bag. They are something that, you know, they're really looking at doing and taking and, and allowing soldiers to use them. But yes, and this now they're actually doing studies with the soldiers that are returning and it's been phenomenal for these soldiers and their families there are a few centers across the country that will treat any soldier for free that came back with a traumatic brain injury. And so it's it's a great thing that's happening right now for our soldiers.
0: Are there any problems or side effects with HBOT?
1: There's side effects definitely with anything, and with hyperbarics is no difference. I mean, one of the biggest things is if you have, you know, any type of a sinus infection or ear infection, remember, you're going under pressure, and so that's going to be even more of a buildup. So they usually recommend that you get on your antibiotics or whatever you're doing to treat that sinus infection or that ear infection before getting into a chamber. There's different types of heart indications where doctors will monitor patients much more closely when they get into a hyperbaric chamber because of the pressure. So if you have any type of lung disease that maybe you can't, your your lungs couldn't possibly withhold the pressure, then they hold off until your lungs can. So there are those types of things that you would want to wait and see. But... You know, hyperbarics is a prescriptive device, so you need a prescription from a doctor to receive hyperbaric therapy in a center or even to have a chamber in your home. So hopefully people that are interested in hyperbarics are getting screened properly and seeing doctors because they do have to have a prescription that they rule those things out. So the biggest side effects once you get cleared to do hyperbarics would be just that, would be the ears, being able to clear them. And that's the number one thing is that you know then what people do is if they don't have an ear infection and maybe they just have sensitive ears, it's just going to take you longer to get to pressure. So then you have to allow more time to be at the center or the facility that you're treating at.
0: How available is HBOT today?
1: It is very available, much more than it was seven years ago when I first started searching hyperbaric for my daughter. I had to go all the way to Florida to receive treatment, and I live in Wisconsin. And now we have worked so hard with the International Hyperbaric Association that we have over 75 clinics throughout the United States that are IHA-affiliated, and it's probably at least 100 to 200 more that our doctors are just putting it in their practice and treating their own patients with it and so forth. So it's becoming more and more available where I think that at least now, maybe every state but two actually have hyperbarics in them. And when I first started searching this out for my daughter, there was only three or four states that actually had hyperbarics for off-label neurological conditions. You have hyperbaric chambers in huge hospitals but they're only used for the 14 indications and like wound, their wound care clinics basically, then they won't treat anybody that's looking at treating something for neurology that would be considered alternative. So, and now you see that trend changing. There's more alternative-based hyperbaric centers than there are mainstream.
0: What should patients look for in an HBOT facility?
1: Look for quality and the standard of care. I, I always tell parents that call into the IHA, Ask them for names of patients that have treated there, especially maybe a parent that has a child of the same diagnosis that your child is. Not only so you could learn more about the center, but you could also learn more about how it all works and what to expect because nobody knows it better than another parent that's in our situation, and so I always take my cues from other parents. I would definitely, if you're able to visit the center, and to visit a center and not know that you're going to visit it, like don't call and say, i would like to come for a tour, but just pop in on a random day if you're able to, if it's in your area, so you can see that on a random day this is how the center is. And I would obviously look for an IHA provider clinic, the International Hyperbaric Association. We have provider clinics where physicians come to the association, they're a part of the association, the standards are set very high, the safety is completely in place, and there are clinics that really work hard to keep their prices minimal so that these families can receive hyperbaric therapy.
0: Is HBOT covered by insurance today?
1: It's only covered for the 14 indications, such as, like, the wound, different wounds, the bends, carbon monoxide poisoning. A lot of families have started to get it reimbursed for neurological conditions, but it's a tough battle, definitely, but it's one that a lot of parents are willing to fight for because they're seeing such improvements in their children. So... It definitely is an individual basis, and it definitely has improved more so than it was seven years ago. It was unheard of that any insurance company would reimburse for hyperbaric therapy for an off-label indication, and now you're seeing it more and more.
0: You mentioned Dr. Rosignol's research. Has there been a lot of medical research on HBOT?
1: There has not. Not on the neurological sides of things. And that, I think, is what is the thing that's holding back the movement of neurology and hyperbaric is that at the end of the day, you can't patent oxygen. And so when you're trying to do these big studies that cost millions and millions and millions of dollars, usually when you're working with a drug, some drug company is going to benefit from a study of their drug. But with oxygen, you have no patent. You have nothing. And so I think it's been really difficult for these researchers to raise the money and to get these studies done because the people they're asking the money for, it's not going to do anything for them. The IHA has been very lucky. We've had a lot of people donate to the International Hyperbaric Association, and we have a research department, so we've been able to fund some studies. But definitely more studies are needed because the more studies we have, then the better chances we have of this becoming mainstream. And the more and more we show these insurance companies that the rates that they're paying out for these special needs families and patients will go down with the use of hyperbarics, that's all they need to see. Because remember, the insurance company truly is about the money. And I think that some of the larger ones like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Unity, United Health, they are seeing their bills decrease. And when they investigate it, they see that it's because of the hyperbaric therapy.
0: Shannon, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about hyperbaric oxygen therapy today.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, and I I thank you very much and applaud you for getting the word out. And like you said earlier, I got into this because my daughter's life was saved by hyperbarics, and she's a point in case. She was on life support, basically, for the first three years of her life, and wheelchair-bound, seizures, blind, and they told me to take her home and let her die. And she was two years old, and she is now 11 years old, and her feeding tube is gone, and she's no longer blind. Her seizures are gone She's walking. We just donated her wheelchair three years ago. And, you know, if I would have listened to the mainstream side of things, I would have never gotten all the years I've gotten with my daughter. So I just feel so passionately about this therapy and letting people know with all different kinds of neurological conditions that there is hope out there and that they shouldn't
0: give up. And anyone wanting to learn more about hyperbaric oxygen therapy should visit the association's website at www.IHAUSA.com. Org. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back with another edition next week, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.